0: AI is eating the web as we speak. And what that means for business leaders is this. The time to embrace AI technology is now. Because for people like us, automation helps us do more with less while continuing to meet and exceed business expectations. It's basically magic. If you haven't tried HubSpot's new AI features, you should do that. Content Assistant and ChatSpot are two brand new tools that will immediately save you and your team time. HubSpot's features run on ChatGPT's tech to help you make compelling content and manage your CRM way faster than before. We're talking ad copy, data analytics, workflow automations, all with a chat command. So work smarter, not harder, and head to hubspot.com slash artificial intelligence to learn more about using AI to streamline your marketing, sales, and customer service ops. Hi, everyone. Welcome to CEO School. I'm your host, Sanira Madani, and today I have a extremely special guest. I know every week I'm like, oh, I've got the most amazing guest. But today is our monthly fireside chat inside of the CEO School membership, The Collective. And it is such an incredible space. We have revamped all of our programming um, since February, like since I've been back as CEO here um, and just completely revamped everything. It has been such a pleasure to like watch this community to put in the most incredible content. And part of that, every single month, we go live with our fireside chat guest. And for our podcast listeners, you guys get to also tune in and get to hear the story. But for our collective members, they're inside watching live, asking questions, and they get to actually spend time with the CEOs and operators that we bring on board. And today. I have Janelle Taves, who is the president of Bugaboo, like the most incredible stroller company. She's president of North America, and prior to that, she was an ex-executive at Nike. Her background is so crazy insane. Like, I'm about to just brag on her uh, like crazy, but before I do, what I really want to brag on about Janelle is that Janelle's actually been part of CEO school for the last several years, and I have... I have personally seen Janelle inside of the CEO School membership, inside of programming. Janelle has come to the CEO School retreats where we've like became just really fast friends. Like in these retreat settings are extremely small. I do them uh, you know, twice a year and they're just like 20 women. So you really get to spend like a lot of time. And I really got an opportunity to connect with Janelle and just fell in love with her story as a, a CEO, but just everything she is. Um, You know, just how successful she is at such a young age, but her priorities as a president, her priorities as a mother, um, to run a company this large. And I really relate to, I related to Janelle in so many ways because we're both private equity backed. Mm And I'm telling you, it is one of the hardest challenges as a CEO uh, when you are private equity backed because your company is owned by investors and that's what private equity is. And it's not a bad thing whatsoever. It's just hard in a, in a different way because control is an owned by a, a majority owner. And so Janelle kind of shares like that, like that love of like, I, I just know a lot of the challenges that she's like, she's gone through because I've personally um, experienced them as well. So we became super, super close this last year. And then I invited Janelle to also come be part of like her journey full circle at Co school to become part of our, um, our master coaches. So our goal at Co school is always not just to bring in amazing women and CEOs, but to actually have actual CEOs and operators that are leading our cohorts. And that is why 22% of our women at CEO school cross that million dollar mark currently right now. So like in terms of when it's less than 2% of female founders cross it. 22% of our members have already crossed it. And so we see exceptional results in our cohort model. And Janelle is now one of our expert CEOs and she leads uh, some cohorts. And we just finished recording the most amazing masterclass, which is called Building Your Million Dollar Website, where Janelle literally just crushed it. And we went through so many details about what it takes to really have that million dollar website to go drive million dollar sales. And so I... Um, I guess I'm done bragging on Janelle, but Janelle is fabulous and she is here and I'm so excited to welcome my dear friend, president of Bugaboo North America, Janelle Tapes. Welcome to CEO School.
1: Thank you so much for having me and I, I'm so happy and honored to be in this room with you today. Like you Like you mentioned, when my career really started to accelerate, I was seeking powerful, ambitious women. For leadership and and mentorship. And you and I connected online like over two years ago, must be uh, close to two and a half years ago. And I was immediately drawn to your energy, and you are so authentic in person as you are online. And (laughs) so it is, it's really, truly an honor to to be here with you today. Oh my God. It is,
0: it's, it's, it truly is. Like, I really do love our our friendship story as well. And just watching, um, just, all of the places like that CO school has brought me in my like this, it's brought me so much joy in my life. I've never thought that I could have this now chapter two career. Like this does not. This just feels so great. And so I'm so excited for you to be here. Um, learning about your story a little bit today and just your experience. And I really do want to dive into um you know high-level details because I wanted the masterclass is for our collective members, uh, so you have to join the collective. It is just the most unbelievable space. So you will have access to this masterclass and you know hundreds of hours of other styles of 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 content. But every single month we put out uh, a new masterclass every month, and Janelle just led us through. Um, just the most brilliant masterclass on a million dollar website. So Janelle, what makes you the expert on building websites? I'd love for you to share a little bit about your background
1: um, and your career. Yeah. So let me take you back. I am a first generation Filipina. I was born and raised in Sacramento, California. My parents, like so many, they came to America with really just this desire to build a new life from the ground up. And it's really important for me to start there because seeing that example and seeing that model has become a driver for me throughout my entire life and really why I am the way I am today. And that, that belief is really that step-by-step, brick-by-brick, you can create your own path to your dreams. And for me, at a really young age, I knew that path would be to see the world, and to experience different cultures. I didn't know how I was going to do it. My family didn't vacation abroad, but I knew I was going to make it happen. So my career started and has always been in the digital strategy space. So my first job, I was working at a digital agency with small business brands, but then also big companies on the ins and outs of what made a great website. And so at the same time, I was working at this agency. I was also applying to business schools. And I was accepted into an incredible university in Barcelona. I booked a one-way ticket to Spain. I packed up my bags and I moved into a studio apartment. I didn't speak the language. I didn't know anybody. One year later, I went through an intensive MBA program and graduated with a degree in international business. And that really just started that chapter of my life. And from Barcelona, I moved to Amsterdam. I moved to the Netherlands Uh, for personal reasons. I followed an incredible man who would later become my husband. And that's where my career really took off. I had the incredible opportunity to join Nike European headquarters. And I oftentimes refer to this chapter of my life as the School of Nike. It is arguably one of the best marketing brands in the entire world. And my job on the Nike.com team was to launch the website across 39 countries, 11 sport categories, dozens of different languages, and I would meet with the country leads and connect in the website with what was happening in the country. So events like the Women's World Cup, Paris Fashion Week, the London Olympics, that job took me all around Europe. It was a dream come true.
0: What like what an incredible opportunity at such a young I mean you're so young. Yeah. Uh such a young age to like be able to be in Europe, lead this division, like be part of something so big. Did you ever feel like, I I mean, I know we're still just getting into your background, but I have questions. Like, did you feel that imposter syndrome, just like having to do Nike's 39, like launching the website in 39 different countries? Yes. What was going on in your head at that time?
1: Yes. I think one of the, I don't have very many regrets in my life, but one of the business regrets I have is that I, one time a senior leader asked me how old I was. And I lied. We've all done that. I've done it too. I
0: have done it too.
1: What did you say? I mean, I was just like said you were older. I was 30 and I said I was 35. Yeah. Just because I I wanted to almost validate that I had tenure and experience and – and And, in the moment, it felt so wrong. I should have been proud of how I accelerated and how I navigated and how I quite honestly worked really hard and earned my seat you at that table. Spot. Yes. But Nike is such a legacy brand, and there were people in the room who would be, at the company we would go around the table it was it was sort of a thing everyone would introduce themselves and say how many years they were they were at the company and at the time i was 30 and people i was in the same room as people who would say i've been at i've been at the company for 25 years that's almost as long as i have been alive uh, yeah. so i would fudge my age and and I shouldn't have done that. But yes, there was so much imposter syndrome. And thank you
0: for sharing that, by the way. I feel very connected to that story. I feel like when I when I started fundraising, I started my company at 26. And I've I've and it's it's like, why are they even asking you your age? But you feel like, and it's not out of like maliciousness. They're like impressed by you. They're like, How old are you? Like it's not out of like this, like, you know, but right. I've done the exact same. Um, and I would round up beyond the 30s, but I was like 26 years old. Yes. And I just wanted to be taken a little bit yeah. more seriously, yeah. and um, I just relate to that. Thank you. I'm sure, I'm a glad. lot
1: of women here are like, yeah, we relate to that. I'm, I'm glad I'm not alone in that. But sure, there was there was a lot of imposter syndrome and so many meetings where before I would go into the boardroom, before I would present to the top levels of the company, where I would really I would do all the things. I would do the the Superman stance, I would take deep breaths, I would remind myself what I bring. And I think a trick and a tactic that I've learned through the years is, and I still use it today, is instead of dwelling on what I lack in years of experience, remind myself what I bring. And I bring i love that a really unique perspective. I'm closer to the consumer. I am on social media. I know where they're shopping. I know who they're following, how they're behaving. I have a good eye. And I would write all these things down. And I would say, this is what I bring that maybe I don't have the years, but this is my unique why. And everyone has that. Everyone has that. We all come with our unique perspectives and learned experiences and education. No one has the same perspective as you. I love that. It's focusing on what you bring, not what you lack. That's the CEO
0: tip. I love that.
1: Yeah. That's been my little that's been my little trick and that's what I would would offer and I think that mindset shift it you walk onto the proverbial stage with your head held high opposed to feeling worried that someone's going to call you out because you don't have decades of experience. No, you 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 bring what you have and you bring it proud. So I love it.
0: So at Nike, given the task of like 39 websites, yeah. um, you were all the and, and I think one of the things that we were talk you we spoke about in the master class was how you really had to bring the Nike brand to and that feeling of those events and everything, just connecting with the customer, would love for you to share a little bit about like what you were responsible for and across all of the different things, because I think there was so much to learn in that.
1: Yeah. I think one thing that Nike did really well, and other brands do really well too, at Bugaboo, we do the same thing, which is really fantastic. Brands will always put the consumer at the center of the conversation. And at Nike, that was, who are we serving? We're serving the athlete. And so it was always, it was, it was the athlete. It was not the product innovation team. It was not trying to better the last thing that we did, the last launch that we had, but it was how can we serve the athlete with either a product or an experience. And at Bugaboo, we talk about the new parent and you're a parent. I'm, I'm a relatively, you know, new parent. My youngest is two years old and, and I'm really there in that mindset of what does a new parent need? How is this product going to empower them on this big new chapter of their life. So Nike brought me up with that mindset of putting the consumer at the center. And then you have the consumer at the center. And then you have products that you create, innovative products that you create to serve the needs of that consumer. And Nike is the best in the business at this. But they tell really powerful emotional stories that then connect the brand with the product to the consumer.
0: I love that and I think storytelling is such an important part of every single company right every single CEO like our individual stories are super important but especially as a company that is how consumers are finding brands and services and it's it's connecting to that story so what happened there post Nike how did yeah. Bugaboo end up happening yeah
1: so post Nike I I ended up moving to New York City with Nike and truly a dream job. I was the GM of Nike women's looking after New York City and, and the whole East Territory. And then 2020 happened and that coincided with uh, me becoming pregnant with our second child or son. And really just like so many people really evaluating how I was spending my time. And sports has always been a big part of my identity. I love fitness. I love working out. I work out six times a day, uh, six times a day, six times a week. <laughs> no, I don't have time for that. Six times a week, and I, um, I had this opportunity. I was approached by Bagaboo to join, and lead their North America business, and and I thought, you know, I really want to be part of building a brand. Nike is a, an established legacy brand, globally recognized. I want to be part of building a brand and. I really wake up every day and I believe my mission and my purpose is to empower new parents. And because I am in that mindset, it doesn't feel like work. I think about me two years ago when I was really scared having Max during the pandemic and feeling, okay, I'm going to be brave enough today to like wrap him up and take him on a walk. He needs the fresh air. And, and I did that in our stroller. And so I think about every new mom, every every new parent. And the the stroller and the products that we build is really enabling them to feel confident in this new journey of their life, right? So I um, went through a pretty lengthy process because, as, as you mentioned, you know, Bugaboo, is a growth brand private equity backed I went through 11 rounds of interviews and, and you beat out all the boys <laughs> and it was um after that it was I got to know the the company um inside and out I got to know the leadership team um and also our, our stakeholders and really felt drawn and connected and even though I thought I would have this lifelong career with quite honestly my dream brand I took the leap of faith and it has been the best decision I Love my role. I meet so many incredible people as part of my job, and I'm I'm learning and I'm growing and I'm expanding. And as part of that, I'm you know connecting in with other incredible leaders like you. And it has really just been um, a a huge trajectory change for me, and and I've I've really enjoyed it.
0: Oh my god! What an inspiring just story of your career and just what you've accomplished. I'm just so truthfully just so excited to see faces of of presidents and CEOs that look like you that are part of these amazing giant corporations. Like when I view brands like Nike and Bugaboo, but to see women at the top and at the leadership, that is something really, really proud, like really amazing to see. And it's just so inspiring to see you do what you do every day and then doing it as a mother as well. And just, I think that you're I love following Janelle online, by the way. So uh, Janelle has like all of the best. I feel like she was like your account really reminds me of my mom boss journey when I when I became a mother. I my account. I don't know if you guys know this, but my handle was mom boss co. Like that was the oh original. My gosh, I didn't know that. Yes, yeah, I, I
1: followed you as Sanira Madani. Yes, so, so you followed okay. me as
0: Sanira Madani. But in the I've been on Instagram for um, probably my entire career as stocks as like as CEO. Um, I think when we did like our seed round funding, I, like I, I had, um, you know, my first child, and it was so difficult going through this whole process, and and then I started sharing more about it, and it just started attracting this like mom, working mom crowd, and so I was doing my Sunday zoom outs and sharing all these processes, very similar to kind of how you share your productivity level mm-hmm. as a um, as a, you know you know as a CEO or as a president. And so that was kind of – that was the account. And then I kind of went through a phase of like I was mom boss until like I was like, no, I just want to be boss. Like my kids are going to be part of my journey, but it's not going to be what like – I felt more than that at, at a certain point and how I was, um, sharing to the audience. But yeah, I, I, I own the hashtag mom boss, by the way, <laughs> I don't know amazing. what to do. I literally yeah. have it. If anybody wants it, yeah. like it's, you know, you yeah. can ping me and yeah. now we could chat a price on like on all of those old accounts. But I do, um. I was like, that was going to be what I was, I was going to serve working moms, like Mm -hmm. the initial part of CEO school. And I felt like then working moms have a place in the working mom CEOs have a place in the community. But I felt it was much more than just that. Um, And so the transition happened from mom boss to then Sanira Madani and then initiating CEO school in 2020. It's no wonder that we get along.
1: That makes so much sense. Yeah, I know. It's really, so
0: I really love, I love following uh, Janelle. So now talk me through, so, you know, at, um, you know, can you elaborate a little bit on your ex- experience, right. As a, um, you know, a executive, a woman executive, how you've really empowered other women, um, to the top, like what, you know, I know you've made a lot of transformational changes at Bugaboo. I'd love for you to share a little bit about, you know, what is it like, um,
1: at Bugaboo and some of the things that you've, uh, you've done to empower the women around you. It's a responsibility that I take really seriously. And, and I think about it often. I I can reflect and think back to really fantastic teams that I've been on. And we've all had those where you have so much chemistry on the team that the results become just exceptional. And you've all, I have also been, we've also been on teams that didn't jive as well. And the, the, the byproduct of that then is mediocre. And so I am a huge believer in um, the culture that you create in the workplace, in the teams that you have. I have not always been in this position where I've had large teams. I've, When I was starting out, I had one director report. Whether you manage one person or 100 people, you have this ability to impact someone's life and how they feel at work, which is eight hours minimum of our day. We spend more time at work than we do with Anywhere, our partners or yeah. with our families. So I take it really seriously. If you double click down into the makeup of our North America team, uh, I have 80% women on our team. I have I lead a virtual team across US and Canada. 80% are women and 60% of, of those women are mothers. And so I really try my best to, I love to say, um, show me, don't tell me. And so I'm really open. Hey, I'm, I'm out Friday as of 12 because I'm going to pick my daughter up from school. So let's, you know, let's get the meetings done by, by 12. I'm going to pick her up from school. Have a great weekend. And I, I feel like that shows a couple of things. One, you can do your job efficiently and effectively within the hours that you have. And for me, in order to be a great leader, I have to feel like I'm showing up the very best that I can for my kids. If my home life is unstable, then I'm not going to be my freshest, sharpest self at work. So I will prioritize my family. I will make sure that I'm being as present of a mom as I can. There are a lot of things that I don't make it to. I am not the mom that does the homemade cookies on the kindergarten. I'm not the most active on the PTA. Um, but if I know it's really important to my daughter and and if I can be there, I will move mountains to be there. I know you're the exact yeah. same way. And and I, I am really open with that to my team. And I have put in formal and informal policies and in how we work. So formally we've updated the U.S. handbook to extend – um, maternity leave and extend that to parents, to parental leave, to any potential fathers, maybe new fathers on our team. We've introduced flexible return to work plans. Um, and we also have um, year-round half-day Fridays. So that means that if you can complete all of your deliverables and you have um, you know, done everything that you need to do, wrap up and spend that time either with your family or for yourself or um on a personal project. And you know what? Product productivity has gone up. And I was gonna
0: ask that was gonna be my I think this is so incredible. Yeah. And I, I think that, you know, these things are um they're they're easier said than done to actually implement. Yeah. And I know that like these are things that some as CEOs and we're all listening here as business owners, we want that for our teams. Like right. I do believe that Uh, Women CEOs make better CEOs because we are more empathetic, because we do understand like work is not, you know, the like everything. We do prioritize family, which includes our work family. Like we treat our teams like family. And so there's all of these positives that come with being a female CEO um, and having a female CEO at the helm. However, it is difficult to actually implement. It's one thing to say it gets done and then you know, how do you actually ensure, like I was giving my next question on like productivity to making sure that the things that get get done, people are prioritizing
1: um,
0: time effectively because it's hard. I'm managing a remote team currently and I've gone from the full, as I mentioned, like full in office. Actually, we were talking about that offline. Yeah. So the, you know, the listeners here and the viewers here don't like they uh, will kind of touch back into it. But I was sharing with Janelle that I've been used to being in office for a decade around people. And it's such a different level of an environment and productivity and just engagement and just the way I show up. I've been struggling myself transitioning into like a full work from home environment, finding that motivation to like really actually get ready as a CEO versus like I'm like I show up fine, but like I don't I'm definitely not showing up the way that I used to show up at sure. Stacks, like even like in like, you know, how I wore my suits and everything yeah. else. And so uh, productivity level, I'm seeing the difference in work from home and I'm struggling with that. So how do you keep your
1: team productive? What are some like what's happening yeah. there? Engaged. So I think there's Productive a, and engaged. In, yes. And engaged. Yes. So I th- it's a couple things, right? Okay. So there are there are there's definitely Extra energy that you need to pour into Zoom to create connections, establish trust, create quite honestly, psychological safety for people to offer up ideas or challenge. That is so much harder on Zoom than than it is in in person. So I have really dedicated and consistent meetings where it's really clear what the input and what the output is. So there's no time wasted. Otherwise, Zoom fatigue is really real. So we have really regimented touch points throughout the week where everyone is really clear what goes into that meeting and what goes out. So we are efficient with our time. And one of my leadership values that my my team know about me now is accountability. And if you have a part in this meeting I really don't care if you do it the one hour before the meeting or if you've spent two days prior Preparing, You need to come with it, though. That's the agreement that we have. And so, yes, you can have really flexible cultures, but at the same time, high accountability, holding each other responsible, being really clear with feedback as a leader if someone has not pulled their weight because over communication is is really important. Virtual super settings super important. Over, yes. commun- I
0: was literally having this conversation with someone on my team yesterday, and there was many like there was hiccups that were forming. I felt like I'm like, what's off? So I gave her a call, and I was like, we have to over communicate. We are like that is that is the most important thing that we can do is yes. over
1: communicate versus under. Yes, I agree with that. And and. People need to hear messages multiple times. Yes. You're not being repetitive. And so I will say something once in a meeting. I'll say it at the end of the meeting, and then I'll follow it up in an email. And so being hyper clear. The information sandwich. Yes. And so I've never even heard of that. But yes, the information sandwich. So I would say- Well, it's the compliment sandwich. Yeah. Have you heard of the compliment? Yes, of course. Yes, the the feedback sandwich. Which is um, a
0: not – that's not the good sandwich. That's not the you good sandwich. F- yeah. You that, That's where you – like when you're trying to give like direct feedback, this is how we – tend to give feedback as we, like, say something nice and then we, like, put it in the middle. We're like, oh, well, can you please work on this, like, feedback? Like, here's, like, the negative part or, like, the the hard part. And then, oh, but by the way, you're, like, super great. So that's, like, the compliment sandwich. And we sandwich the actual meat of the sandwich, like, the main part of it. We, like, throw in the feedback inside of that sandwich. And that's not how you give feedback because all the person heard was, I'm great. Yeah. And I'm great. Like, they didn't actually hear the message. So you don't want the compliment sandwich. You want to be direct and just give them the meat. I was just saying the information sandwich. But you could say things three times and they will get it. So I'm moving
1: the compliment sandwich to the information sandwich. Yes. Yes, exactly. So you… And, and I think I forget who said it, but one of my favorite quotes is like the best gift that a leader can give is clarity, is clear communication. And so in the virtual environment, it's consistency with your meetings okay. and making sure that they're really productive and ask your team, is this the best use of our time? What are we missing? Because what the last thing I want is that it's the best use of time only for me. That's not that's not doing anyone any favor. So I will ask my leadership team, is this the best use of our time? This is what I'm trying to achieve with this meeting. Should we run it a different way? And because you ask for that feedback, you invite the response to be criticized or to say, I think we should do it otherwise. And you must listen to that feedback as a leader and implement the changes. So I have worked on my team, worked with my team really hard on the types of meetings that we have. And um, taking their feedback to make sure that they're efficient. I over communicate verbal and written. I'm really clear. I could probably be better, but I try to be really clear when I'm let down by something or when something needs to move faster. And then if we do those three things, and everyone's united on what the goal, what the end goal is, on the vision, you can open up, open up the, open up the aperture and just. Have people do things on their own time as long as they deliver. And so I would say things like flexible return to work and our summer Fridays, we actually call them Win Fridays, what I need Fridays. Take that time to do what you need. We have seen productivity go up. We're trying and testing new ways of working with other brands. So we're all of this creativity has come through in our brand strategy. So creativity has gone up and we have our employee engagement survey. So Bugaboo is a global company, you know, almost a thousand employees around the world. And we have these biannual employee engagement surveys. And our, our team for the last two years has been the highest scoring team in Boom. terms of happiness. So CEO Janelle over here, Miss President, <laughs> crushing I am. I mean, in North America. I'm really I'm I'm pr- just as much as any business result. That's people. That is amazing. You know, that that's is people. Amazing. That's culture. And whenever we go on and move on, You're whatever. Favorite
0: CEO. I love you so much. You're, You're my, my so, favorite. <laughs> I love you so much. Thank you. One day my dream and I'm going to say it out here is that Janelle is CEO of CEO school. Like that's my dream. Oh, my if gosh. I, if I were going to pick somebody
1: I would pick Janelle. I have loved CEO school as a student for two years now. And now as not paid. This is not paid. <laughs> no, this is not. This is real. I mean, check check the receipts. I have been a student of this of this community for two over two years. Um, a retreat um, attendee where our relationship went even deeper. And then now to take it to the next level, we're just like adding on, I we're know. adding on I love now it. to be a, to be a cohort, cohort coach. And then yes, I'm going to, we're going to put and it on Master in classes. Masterclass yeah.
0: was so amazing. Okay. So let's kind of get into some of your expertise. Um, and I think what you are really, you're an expert marketer. I mean, you've worked for some of the biggest brands, which carries a lot of weight, And as a big brand, you do things right. But you also have this um, knack for growth, right? So it's one thing. I've seen marketers be focused on just the brand strategy, but not into the performance marketing side of it, which is actually tangibly delivering growth and results and um, making sure that customers are buying and revenue is going up, right? So that part is also important. I think you do that so extremely well. And we just recorded um, the masterclass on – um, a, a million dollar website to drive millions mm-hmm. of dollars of sales. Yeah. And so I would love for you to just high level. We talked about like the the three most important things. We talked about the front door. And so I'd love for the audience to kind of just get a high level um, sense of how you view building a million dollar website. Yeah, so- hey, everyone. It's Senira here. CO School is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. We are part of a family of shows designed to help professionals listen, learn, and grow by providing access to the world's leading B2B podcast like Techish, hosted by Abadesi and Michael, a podcast by two millennials talking about all things tech, pop culture, and life. I recently enjoyed listening to Michael and Abadesi dive into Frenemies Cloning Your Tech Product. Is joining a startup even worth it? The Sunday Times, 35 Richest Under 35, and they even talked about the end of secession. It was quite the enjoyable episode. So listen to Techish wherever you get your podcast. Hi, I'm so glad you're here and enjoying the CEO School podcast. If you're tuning in, chances are that you are an entrepreneur looking for accessible knowledge, resources, and guidance to help you scale to your next level. Well, look no more. Here's the thing. Entrepreneurship is a lonely road and quality mentorship is especially scarce especially as a female founder. That's why I'm so excited to share the CEO Collective with you, the number one platform for entrepreneurs who want to scale by the CEO School. No matter what stage you're at, we meet you there and have the exact tools and resources that you need to finally reach your next level. Learn exactly how we can support you and your business at thecoschool.co slash collective.
1: Yeah. So we talked about your website with this metaphor of a brand flagship. So imagine you are walking down Fifth Avenue. I'm based in New York City, so I spend a lot of time walking up and down Fifth Avenue. And these doors are the proudest spaces of these global brands. It's where they spend the most time. They invest the most retail dollars. They make sure that their store staff are properly trained to represent the brand and the product. Your website is your digital flagship. And when you think about your site as a whole, it's only one part of the ecosystem. You also have social media. You have emails. If you are... Um, a, a bigger company, you may have a suite of apps. So we're we're talking about one part of the digital ecosystem, okay? And this is your digital flagship. It should be equal parts brand inspiration and also commerce, living in harmony. And if you think about a flagship store, there are there there are many front doors. On Fifth Avenue, there's only one one front door. That's that's the main door. Everyone goes through that one door, and they're they're likely to to go right, and it's very predictable. For a website, there are many front doors, and we talked about the three co- most common the largest front doors, which is SEO. Um, This is organic search. So keywords that your consumer may be searching for related to your product or your industry, you're going to want to make sure that you have those keywords peppered everywhere throughout your site. So they act as almost sticky nodes that draw the consumer in and, and bring your website up in the search results. So SEO, paid search, paid media we talked about the effectiveness of that you know that it works um, with your own experience with stacks but really targeted paid media strategies that can either be targeted by demographic or audience. But uh, paid media is another fantastic way to increase eyeballs and visitors into your site. And then the third is direct traffic. So they've heard about, about your brand. They've seen you as a founder. Um, they've they've seen it placed on an influencer. And they're like, hey, what is that? I'm going to go check out CEO School. And then they type in your website. So those are the three biggest front doors. And then once you're in the, in the door, um, we talked about the four high highly trafficked, high-impact uh, spaces to to focus on. And they're not what you may think. And so we unpacked all of those secrets and tools in the masterclass. So
0: many CEO tips. Yeah. I felt like this was one of the masterclasses. Like, I was – I mean, I take – you know, there there's always some great nuggets I take away. But I was like, oh, my God, I need to put that on my site. Okay, I didn't think of that. And so I thought you brought such an amazing perspective with so many great hot tips from, like, leading brands – um, that I can't wait for our members to receive, and yeah, it's, it's just gonna, one. it's gonna be, it's gonna be amazing. And this is what we do every single month inside of CEO School. So um, I'm just so proud of the programming now. I've been back in, uh, I've been in the seat now for just a few short months as like fully active, 100% dedication here as CEO of CEO School. And the first thing that we've done as a team is really. You know, you, put, you talked about it, putting the customer at the center. And so we have served over 3,000 women wow. through the history of Co School, as whether it was from um, a course, like from our accelerator, or from our membership, um, or from the retreat. So within those segments, we've served so many amazing wow. founders. And so we've really gone back to say, what have we done that works really well? Why are our cohorts that we have have such high success rates of multi six figures, seven figure marks? Like what? So we literally for the last three months, all I've done is work on one segment of the business. And that was really working on the membership and bringing it all to a singular place. Felt like some of the things were pretty disjointed. Like, how can I connect my customer journey? And I'm so proud of you know, the CEO school membership now Mm -hmm. and the programming. And so every single month we have a masterclass led by an active uh, CEO. And that's what I love most about it. I mean, business school was great, taught you a lot of like fundamentals, but it's, it's taught by professors who are not CEOs. It's taught by textbooks that were like from, you know, the eighties and from the seventies and case studies of like companies that like are so large. You're not actually learning from real like 2023 CEOs who was like, I just implemented this review strategy on my website and I drove 10X the scale, like some of the things that we talked about. And that's what we need as business owners today. And I'm so proud of Uh, being able to bring this, like this next level of programming. And today I really felt it. Like I felt like what we're doing is so impactful. I know everyone says it to me, but today I really was just super proud, like finishing this masterclass. And I'm like, wow, now the hundreds of CEOs that are inside of the membership are going to have access to this knowledge and so much more. There's like eight workshops per month that take place. We have one major masterclass. We do the fireside chats.
1: Um, I teach live, like there's so many things. It's choose your own adventure, Um, but it's next And I I mean, I'll expand on that. As as someone who's been within the CEO school, I think it's certainly a richness and resource that you need as a leader. But then on top of that, it's really lonely some days being a leader. It's really lonely. And you need those safe spaces that sometimes are outside of your team to say, how have you handled this? are you experiencing the market the the same way I am? And having this community of women who are going through similar challenges, either before me or at the same time as me, or maybe behind me, and I am that person that helps guide it through, that is so powerful in business. And that has probably been one of the biggest unlocks for me. Mindset unlocks as a leader is tapping my network CEO school included, because I've connected with so many powerful women and saying, how have you how have you worked through this? And quite like just getting getting the answers to the test and being able to move quicker than me trying to figure it out in my own head that take that takes much longer. Maybe so I would get much. there. So I think that there is also, yes, not only an abundance of master classes and content and Q&As and fireside chats with you, but then also it really just unlocks this safe space of business leaders where you can tap into and they become your mentors or business friends or, you know, true whatever. business
0: besties. Like yeah. I would say like, I, I personally have forged so many friendships. Like, yeah. It's unbelievable in terms of like, I, those are the things that like I wish I had, right? Like a, a huge part and being lonely. Let's talk about being lonely. Yeah. Like I right now just pinged you. And I, like, right now I was like, can you share me the name of like the agency yeah. that you use? Like you get to do that. Like yeah. having a network around, that's the boys club. That's what they yeah. do on the golf courses and country clubs yeah. and like at sports games or whatever yeah. they're doing. They're sharing knowledge. And they ask their network. And why I feel like we're behind is because we don't have that network. We don't have time to have a network either. So our network has to be efficient as well. And so I fully agree on this community aspect because being a founder and an entrepreneur is the loneliest thing. How have you, besides like community, like, you know, um, can you share like other things that you do to really like, um, you know, Level up and grow as CEO. Like that that feeling of like I don't have enough or I'm not doing enough or like what do you what what what's your routine? What are your routines? Yeah.
1: So I have a I have so many thoughts on this, but I'll give you I'll give you two. Two that I really love to use. One, it's being really hyper aware of the content that you allow in your space and in your mind. So whether that's podcasts that you listen to, people that you follow online, are you listening to empowering content? Because the words that we hear and the words that we speak really become things. And so I try and completely absorb myself. So when I'm making breakfast for my kids or I'm prepping something, they're not awake yet, I'm listening to something that inspires me that teaches me something that, and I don't take all of it. I take maybe 2% of it and then I apply it to my life. But I'm listening to all my favorite podcasts daily. CEO School is my favorite one, of course. I know you drop on <laughs> too. <always>, I know. <laughs> you, always, you always send me a screenshot. I know. Like, I, love this one. I know. I'm always like tagging you up and like sending you like texts like, oh, I love this one. And so um, what be really conscious of the content you consume the books that you read the podcasts, because all of those things like I love that
0: you're saying words do manifest and I do agree with that when you see certain things you hear certain things you start yeah you also speak that start start like it's almost like the friends like friends have such like Mila came home the other day and she's like she like said some weird phrase and I'm like that uh, uh, she's like not interested or like she said something weird and like in a in like a funky way uh, and like I heard her say it twice and I'm like that doesn't sound like you which one of your friends says that yes. and she goes oh actually my friend London says that yeah and I'm like yeah because she's hearing those words and she's yeah. like not interested and now she says it as part of her language words do words matter have power yeah. words but have it's power. like building yourself around with I love that building yourself around that tribe that yeah. you want to have it's like in your ear and in the books yes you are the
1: company you keep and this is a great way to get Yes. the right company. Yes, I fully believe in the power of proximity. Not only like physical in real life people in life real in life friends and I have just a handful of mom friends that are ambitious and in their own way that I meet with regularly and and they help me pick me up but also you don't need physical friendship, like you, the power of the internet, you can connect with people online now. And so one, be really conscious of, are you surrounding your mind with empowering, inspiring content? And that will really help you during the hard days. So that's one. And two, every month on a Friday, I meet with someone who inspires me. And I call it my power lunch. And I don't have a ton of time, so I can only do it once a month. But I will make sure that I am having lunch with someone who I want to learn something. And I go into this meeting with this person. Um
0: because now you also get off at noon on Friday. Yeah,
1: yeah. Exactly. So if I if on, on, on my Win Fridays, I will use one of those Fridays to have lunch with a business friend. So and I will do cold outreach to someone who I Vaguely know, and just say, Hey, can I, you know, can we grab lunch? I, there's something that I would love to pick your brain about. And I will come in with a specific topic that gives them something to react to and it gives me a new perspective. And I then they become, you know, then you nurture that relationship and then it becomes someone else in your little black book. Um but I really take time now that we are through 2020 and nurturing my circle because I really do believe your network is everything, especially when you get to a certain level in your career. When you cannot figure things out on your own, and maybe this person, I'll ask them for some perspective. Maybe another time, they'll come to me for perspective, and it's just this give and take. So I try once a month to tap into this inspiration with someone that I want to get to know on a deeper level. I
0: love that. I need to. I, I'm excited. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to implement this power lunch uh, piece of it. I feel like I get invited to lunch so often that I've I've literally stopped. To do I, I've gotten this like. I feel like it's just been, um, I've created this kind of like, you know, I'm always having to give. I don't get but I love the flip of it. So it like inspired me to kind of like get back to doing that. I think that's such a great idea. And it kind of comes back to a lot of the similar things that like, Chanel, I feel like you and I say the same stuff all the time. Like relationships are important. And that's what I fear the most about our generations that are like, just the way that this digital space is relationships are important, whether they're digital relationships, whether that in their in-person relationships, but building and cultivating relationships is so important. And I've shared this multiple times in the podcast that, you know, the best advice that a female mentor gave me is that she said to me in my early stages of my career that you need to collect relationships, yeah. like treat it like a, a collection. Yeah. And every year she tells me, like, she's just like, add to that collection. Yeah. And that's how I love that you called it the little black book, but I have a collection of relationships and there's no asks, there's no anything, but I've built and cultivated these relationships. So when I'm like, Hey, Janelle, can you fly down to Orlando and come to the studio and like, give me a whole day of your time to to do this? You're like excited and like ready to give to our audience. Right. And, Um, or whatever I may need. And it's not like you make these asks often either and you give to these relationships, but relationships are so important. And that's just it. Relationships are important. Community is important. And taking that time to say, okay, let's just build relationships for the sake of actually building relationships. And we're in that mindset of uh, we're such a fast, like we need, we like need like um, instant gratification. We're so, you know, um, you know, attuned to just like, that's what we're given all the time is that instant, instant, instant gratification. And it's such a bad thing for us to have because that's how we're approaching life now. Like we're approaching life in this like 15 second thing where it's like, okay, you know, even our phone calls, like if you look at how, like Take a look at your phone calls. Like over yeah. the last, you know, every year they're like decreasing and decreasing. I'm texting more and more. I'm voice noting now is like yeah. versus the phone calls. Like, yeah, and it there's just like this lost art of and like that is, it's so important. And I'm so afraid.
1: So just yeah. a reminder, like we've got to hold on and yeah. build real. Yeah. And my, my filter is because I, I think you touch on something really important, Sanira, and that's that you can feel fatigued by it and you can give, 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 give. And at one point that feels depleting. And my filter is is that if someone asks me to something in the future, if this is not something that I have an immediate yes, like I would do it tonight, then I my answer is no. And I would rather give myself fully to... Fewer things and genuinely happy and excited to be there and to cultivate those relationships than to do a peanut butter spread and give myself to everyone and everything, and then it's low quality to everyone. So I don't say yes to everything. I um, I can't because I have you know my order of priorities, which is making sure I show up for my family and my kids. My kids are like your kids, young, young, golden. I'm in the golden years right now with my kids. They're just little. They love to spend time with me. As they grow up, their needs will change. Um, but I really don't want to miss out on this chapter. And so I'm. it's really important to me that I'm a present mom as best as I can and then doing a really good job in, in this ambitious career that I'm building. And then anything that I have left over, um, they're the relationships, the people that I really believe in, um, the people that I really feel expand my mind, expand my vision to what's possible in my life. You're one of those people. And so that those are the relationships that I'm like, okay, I genuinely, genuinely want to show up for this. And because I genuinely feel like that and it's a yes, if it were like tonight, can you be here? Yes, then I'm going to go and I'm going to do it. Um, otherwise – it becomes very depleting when you're trying to like keep be all it the tra-
0: for, be be it to everyone. Yeah, exactly. I love that. Speaking of your kids, you know, I would love to, um, you know, talk a little bit about you know when we're coming up for time and there's like so much we can talk about, yeah. but I'd love to hear about how you stay productive. I mean, you live a really busy life. Um, you do a lot. You are an incredible, incredible leader, executive, and a phenomenal mother. Um. And mother or not, I think that every CEO needs the best time productivity tips. Yeah. So I would love to hear about your routines. Yeah. Um, you know how you stay sane, but also so organized and getting all the things done because the to-do list never
1: ends. Yeah, the to-do. That's true. The to-do list never ends. So I, on a on a daily basis, I swear by a morning routine. Okay. So this is something that I. If I don't do it, I really feel a break in my mood. So I wake up pretty early. I wake up at five every morning.
0: You're the 5 a.m. CEO. I'm the
1: five, She's I, opposite of me. I'm the 5 a.m. I'm, right I'm a 7 a.m. CEO right now. I love a 5 I was a 6 a.m. CEO. Now I'm a 7 a.m. You're, you're making your way back. You're making your way back. So my my morning ritual is as follows, and I swear by it. And I did the same thing this morning waking up in, in Orlando. So it doesn't really matter where, okay. where I am. I will wake up at 5. And the first thing that I do, there's a notebook next to me. I travel with it. I also have one at my bedside table at home and I start my day with gratitude. And I don't mean like I'm grateful that my parents are healthy. I'm I'm grateful that for the specific things that just really move me and that like make me pause for a minute. So it's simple stuff like the morning light when my, you know, my kids are dancing around and there's like, it's mayhem, but I'm, I just look at them and I'm like, there's so much joy in my life. Like I'm so fortunate to be a receiver of this joy through my kids. So usually there's... I write down three things and usually one of them is always like something that my kids made me laugh. But I start my day grounding in gratitude. Um, I drink a ton of water. I water with lemon. So it's like hydration first thing that like sets your body right Um, and movement. I work out six to seven times a a week and it's not complicated. I don't go to class. I can't go – to a 6 a.m. class because I, you know, I'm not prioritizing right that that right now in my life. But I go to a I go to my living room. I have my dumbbells and my yoga mat, and I have done enough classes through the years. This is the season of me working out at home. That's the best I can do. I do a 25 minute workout. It still makes me feel like I've like literally shaken the the stress off my body, and I do movement. And then from that point, that's the only time. After I move my body, I get into, okay, scan my emails. I work for a global company. So I'll have a lot of emails that come through from Europe or Asia overnight. So that after I've served myself and filled my cup, then I get into my emails. And then this is usually around 630. My kids are starting to wake up. So I make breakfast Do you like for them. not
0: touch your phone for that first hour? I don't touch my phone. So that's like a hard rule. So you're not touching your phone until after the routine is done. And then you're going into And that. then I'm going into I my love phone. That.
1: Yeah. Because it will make my heart rate go up, looking at my emails, yes. the things that I have to do. That's the that's a challenge. Like having the phone at the nightstand, I there was
0: a point where I used to put the phone like um like in the kitchen and there was like a little nook, like the junk area in your yeah. kitchen where all like all yeah. the shit goes, like mail and everything. And I would just I had my phone charger there. And I loved I was sleeping so much better. Yeah. And I had so much anxiety at work because like every Morning, I would wake up to every day. It was another yeah, fire, a like fire that literally. Every day is a fire at a company this large. Like, it was exhausting. And you're right, like, it, when you and I'm back in the habit of like having yeah. my phone on my nightstand. No, and it's still like you wake up and you just like turn your email on. It's just like force of like habit. Maybe for others, it's like social media and it's the same shit. Like, you know, it's not fires, but. Your like, it's just not necessary. Yeah. So
1: the first hour of my day and the last hour of my day, I don't look at my phone. Okay. And so. Done. These are all. I'm, these, yeah. I'm taking, I'm I'm doing that now. So. I, and if Homework. you, th- if you think about it, like the, the evening routine, it's, I read this metaphor. I saw it somewhere. It's like, imagine driving 70 miles per hour and trying to park a car. Like, that's what it's like, like scrolling Ooh. TikTok. Scrolling TikTok before bed is like your mind is racing, and then you're trying to fall asleep. Like it's not gonna, you're not gonna get restful sleep. So first I hour, I love that analogy. That's yeah. a good one. That's a yeah. I I like metaphors. I love metaphors. Love a <laughs> metaphor. Yeah, <laughs> it is amazing. I'm much such a visual to... person. Like
0: the flagship, right? The yeah. flagship store is like that's your website. That's yeah. what you need to have. Every brand has a flagship yeah. store. Every brand needs to have an amazing website. Yeah.
1: That's your flagship. That's your flagship. Okay. And then so don't go 70 miles per okay. hour and, and try and park your park car. Your cart. So first hour, last hour. And then so I'll make dinner with my kids. I'll have coffee with my kids. I'll have breakfast with them. And then um, at that point, it's around 730. And I, you know, then I got to shout out my husband. He's, he takes over and he is the one that gets them all dressed and ready for school. And I am usually out the door. I have like a 25-minute getting ready routine. I am out the door by 8, so I can be at my desk by 8.15, 8.20, and then I'm usually starting meetings by 9, but that's my, like, ease into to what yeah. I need to do for the day. So um, I swear by a morning ritual um, – I love a list. This is yes. why again, so I love a list and I will write down in my CEO school notebook. I'm going to take a picture of it when I get <laughs> when I get back to my There's office. So you you will so know, fun. you will see it. Um what are what are the needle movers? By the way, all of the merchandise is back up for sale finally. Yeah. So, yeah. you can go
0: to the website. I'll link it in the show notes. All of the merch is yeah. finally finally. Up.
1: You called it needle movers, yes. and I adopted that term. What are the I needle movers? I didn't invent
0: movers? needle movers. I don't know who did. I but. heard it from you.
1: So I i mean, I'm going to hat tip Sunira Madani on that. But I, there's so much that can come up. What are the three things that is truly going to move the dial for this week? Yeah. And maybe one week it's, okay, it's the, it's the board meeting. It's the, the pilot that we're trying to get off the ground. And then, you know, the third one, maybe I really need to show up for my family. And this is, you know, I need to schedule that date night and I need to prioritize time with my husband because I've been traveling for the last two weeks. It's so hard to pick
0: three things. Like even when I use the notebook, yeah. I want, I have this like natural tendency to be like, I want three for my life. Three for the like (laughs) three for CO school and then three for style. You have nine. Yeah. And that's nine things. It's not realistic for you to prioritize nine things. And it really does force you to be like, what is actually the three things that I really, if I like left my week, like what would I look back and say, I feel proud of? Like I accomplished these.
1: Yes. So I write that down Monday and I always think, what does future Friday me want to be happy with? And that future what? Future Friday me. So I write it down on Monday, and I'm like, how, how does Friday Me want to, like, look back and and be proud or be um, satisfied that I checked these things off? So I'm like, okay, I, I cannot kick the can down the road on this one thing. So Friday Me wants this done. So okay. that's going to be, like, the thing on my needle mover list. So I, yeah, I love, I love a list. And so my morning routine and my list, I think that those are my two like productivity.
0: I love those tips. And I think, I feel like I adopt them in my own way. I do feel like routines, morning routines are like every successful CEO swears by a morning routine. I feel like I've challenged the morning routine a bit through my career. Um, And I just, I go through these like seasons of it where I feel like I'm super on it. And then I kind of give myself some grace and I'm like off of it. And then I'm like, I get motivated again. So, like today, I'm like super inspired by Janelle. And now I'm like, okay, I'm going to get all of my things ready and we'll get back into it. But I do believe that the seasons that I do have it regimented, Mm -hmm. that I am a lot, a lot happier and more productive. And so, um, super, super, super important. I really appreciate these tips, especially as um, a CEO and a mother. Um, and I think this is just a great, like a great place. There's so many things for us to, to discuss, but I just appreciate your time today and just getting to know you. I really, really enjoyed learning all things about, building websites and, you know, all the different tips and strategies. I would like to leave our audience with one, like mm-hmm. another CEO tip on the website, because I do think that I want to – our our podcast audience will also enjoy the tip. And I maybe we could talk about the hot tip on reviews, Yeah. Perhaps.
1: Yeah. That one was one that really came up. So this is – yeah, this is for sure a bonus tactic for – that we talked about um, – in the masterclass. But one thing that I would offer and and have our listeners consider, whether you are a product-based company or a service-based company, and if you even just think think about your own behavior when you shop online, I feel like reviews are the secret secret weapon or um, really that conversion driver, that that trust factor, the trust factor that we take for granted. So one tactic that you could do is consider review seating. And that is where you essentially gift or give away your product for free in exchange for an honest and high, high review. And so it's something that really big companies, do as a strategy. Um, And in every e-commerce team that I've been on, there has been um, a a reserve of product dedicated to review seeding. And I feel like it's not talked about enough because a lot of people, when they think about seeding or gifting, they think about influencer gifting. And that's great if you're trying to get more eyeballs. But when you're When you are doing what you should be doing to get people through the front door of your flagship, of your digital flagship, you need to be able to convert them at that last mile. And powerful, um, multiple reviews is a way to do that. So think about review seating as as a way to increase your digital business.
0: I love it. It was my favorite, one of my favorite tips in the masterclass today and so many more. Mm -hmm. If you guys want access to this incredible masterclass, you have to join the CEO School membership, the collective. All of the links are inside of the show notes. It is going to be so powerful. And I just, just this masterclass alone is like everything. Janelle, thank you so much for your time today and today's fireside, just getting to know you. You are such an incredible leader, mother, friend. Um, master coach, all of the things. Thank you so much for your time. I I know I learned a lot today and I know our audience learned a lot today. Let's give Janelle some love. She has been a podcast listener. Like she's been everything <laughs> for the last three yes. years. I would say she's definitely our super, like a, a super yeah. user of CEO School. Uh, and we'd love to blow you up all over Instagram and tag this episode. So if you love today's episode, screenshot it, Uh, tag Janelle it's Janelle Taves. Uh, I'll link it into the show notes, tag me, tag CEO school. And as Janelle said, we've got to have reviews and leave us a review. This is how this podcast grows. Um, and so please do leave us a review. This is how our community grows as well. And so leave us a review. And, um, if you do that, screenshot it, send it over to me and we'll send you some goodies. And I'm just so honored today, Janelle, thank you for your time, for your grace, for your leadership. Uh, This was such an incredible fireside chat. We'll see you guys next time at CEO School. Hi, I'm so glad you're here and enjoying the CEO School podcast. If you're tuning in, chances are that you're a female entrepreneur looking for accessible knowledge, resources, and guidance. Well, look no more. Here's the thing. Entrepreneurship is a lonely road and quality mentorship is scarce, especially as a woman access to knowledge from other female founders is hard to come by. And when coaching my mentees, I keep finding that they're sitting on gold mines and simply lack a little bit of guidance for scale. That's why I had to interrupt today's show and share the CEO Collective with you. CEO Collective is the number one platform for female founders who want to scale beyond the million dollar mark. No matter what stage you're at, we meet you there and give you the exact tools and resources you need to finally reach your next level. Through mentorship, accountability, community, and education, we've helped thousands of female founders break the millions of revenue and beyond. Between masterclasses led by me and experts, fireside chats with stellar celebrity founders, access to subject matter experts to bust through your blockers, event pack calendars, and more, the value of being inside of the room is quite frankly priceless. Learn exactly how we can support you and your business at thecoschool.co slash collective. Thank you for tuning into today's show. If you loved it, leave us a review. We are so proud to bring you authentic conversations, game changer expert guests, and valuable content on and offline. The best compliment you can give us is by screenshotting today's show and tagging us on Instagram, at CEO School and at Sanira Madani. We are obsessed with swag, so don't be surprised if we want to send you some. Thanks for tuning into class today. And remember, nothing bad happens when women make more money.